Hello everyone, this is episode 17 of the Two Half Squads, and I'm sorry to report that this will be our final episode. Uh, we've decided to not continue the show. Dave and I just are not agreeing on the content, and uh, we've had a lot of artistic differences and differences of opinion in Squad Leader itself, so we've decided not to continue. We'll be talking about it together uh, right at the beginning of the show, so Please listen, and thanks for your listenership, and we hope you enjoy this final episode. I'm just kidding. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. everybody and welcome to episode 17 of the two half squads the only podcast in the world that's dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world advanced squad leader I'm your host Jeff and I'm Dave and as always this episode is sponsored by the c4 corner cutter by counterculture and listener donations thanks very much everybody for your donations thanks everyone well, Dave, here we go. Episode 17. 16 was Especially a good time. Especially thanks to the gentleman who put in the 50 bucks for the return of box art oh, review. What a, what a guy. Can't He's, beat that. I have a feeling that that was you. Just <laughs> That was not me. <laughs> you took $50. I always think, how come, we don't, how come we don't write in and give ourselves money? We could, but I think it would be self-defeating. Yeah. I guess it... I guess you're right. Well, we're we've, we're in different digs today, so if the if the sound is a little bit different, we're over at Dave's house tonight instead of Jeff's house. So thanks for hosting, Dave. We had to haul all our equipment over here, but as always, there are a few things that that don't change from location to location. For instance, our pathetic humor. Yeah, <laughs> I was th- I was thinking more of the beer. <laughs> well, <Our> delicious beer <laughs> tonight. Oh, that sounds good. That was the sound. Look at the bubbles. Oh, shoot, I needed to hand me a cup up there, would you, Jeff? Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. A Boddington Pub Ale. And this was established in 1778 and is imported from Britain. And it had the little um, oxygen tank thing in it. I think it's carbon dioxide. Carbon. (laughs) Jeff's handing me a dice jar. Handled by many players. It doesn't scare me off, though. I'm just going to pour Boy, this you're just, yeah, you right crazy into there. Man. Because, look, it is. It's foaming up like a Guinness. Shoot, oh, I wish I knew that earlier. I would have got a bigger cup. That's beautiful. Look at that. And the Boddington Pub Ale, since 1778, when it was first brewed, Jeff, in the Strange Ways Brewery in Manchester, Boddington has been renowned as a unique pale gold ale. And I'm noticing the beer cascading slowly in the glass. It gives it a distinctive creamy head and a smooth body. Just yeah. feel how smooth the body is. <laughs> no, that's that my belly. Get oh, your sorry. hands back to yourself. That's a very smooth body. Oh, that's the jar, the glass, I guess. That's but beautiful. Anyway, if you could feel it. I'm just drinking a Foster's right now, which... Mm, it's I mean, very creamy. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, it looks... And that you got a good mustache going there. Creamy mustache. <laughs> no, get, get milk. Oh, got milk. Dave brought out some some small glasses. 
Um, in case we wanted to have uh, a little later, sometimes we'll have a little, just a little shot of whiskey or something at the end of the show. And I'd been drinking uh, some Fosters out of it, and I <laughs> turned my back, I went back to my glass, it was refilled. I took a big mouthful. David filled my glass with uh, Irish whiskey. What kind? Of, oh, Bushmills, Irish whiskey. Bushmills. Bushmills. I had this gigantic swig in his swig mouth. in my mouth. <laughs> He's like, just swallow and I tur- it. I turned to David and I said, hmm, hmm, hmm. He said, swallow it. He said, he said what? I said, hmm, hmm, Yeah, I did say what. <laughs> he said, it's whiskey. I said, hmm, hmm, He said, just swallow it's it. I just- said, hmm, 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 I said, it's just a big shot. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff uh, was right. It probably would have been a lot to start off with. Yeah, would have been very, yeah, it would have. Couldn't, I don't think we'd make it through the show. Probably not. Speaking so, of the show. Speaking of the show, let's let's get on with the show. Last show, do we have anything to recap on last show? I want I just want to go back and thank the guys from Schwerpunkt again uh, for that, for what's offering uh, up there, what's in the box. Um, I played one of those scenarios, which I'll talk about a little later. All right. Um, it's a lot of fun. Thanks, Schwerpunkt. Let's get on to the mail. To listener mail. Uh, I have this one. From Stephen, I recently discovered the Two Half Squad podcast while searching for ASL, and I guess our new abbreviation is the is T2HS. That's right. I like it, T2HS. Podcast while searching for ASL newbie guides. I'm an, I am new to ASL and was fortunate enough to be invited last week to play my very first game with the Twin Cities ASL group. My opponent had not heard of the Two Half Squads podcast. That's so hard sh- to believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably a lot bigger audience out there than we've reached yet. I Oh, you think? I yeah. think. <laughs> um, so sharing it with him made me feel like I wasn't showing up to the party empty-handed. I enjoy your podcast and look forward to more. By the way, we played the guards' counterattack scenario, and I, the Germans, got my rear handed to me by the Russians. I had a great time and look forward to my next game. Thanks, Stephen. Good job, Stephen. Welcome nice work, to the fall. Steven. Yeah. So if he played guards counterattack, then he's moving right into the uh, advanced, what do we call it now? Full, full ASL. Full ASL, yeah. Full-blown ASL. Excellent. Guards counterattack is always a fun one. Yeah, it's a great one. And so is that tractor works that goes with Oh, I love the tractor works. So play that one. And for advice on that one, it's in a previous episode. Uh, If you're the defender, I think it's the Russian. Yeah, Russians defend the tractor works. Set up a hex back from that opening wall, and then the German can't prep at you, and he has to come... Yeah, sure, he can get across the street easy enough, but he's got to come into the building and take point-blank fire there, and he can't prep at you. So yeah. think about it. That's one way to go. Uh, I have a letter here from Carrie Smith. Oh, can we say last names? We will now, yes. Okay, I'm not going to edit that out. Love the podcast. Always entertaining, even if it occasionally occasionally Occasion. lacks accuracy. Occasion. Oh, Is that like the Louisiana <laughs> version? <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally lacks accuracy. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's probably well, true. So at least when I'm talking. Yes. Again, listeners, we yeah. do not promise 100 percent accuracy. Um, I was thinking about this today. I'm glad people don't send us in questions too often. Yeah. You know, if a squad does this and goes here, that's best handled on Game Squad. Game Squad, or, or on uh, Pit Cabbage's website, yeah, or uh, shoot Consim a, World, or shoot an email to MMP officially. Frequently asked questions. Oh yeah, that'll they'll get right back to you. <laughs> well, they have them listed: frequently asked, frequently asked questions, and yeah. it's probably already been asked. Yeah. Um, 
You had the uh, you had discussed the design of scenarios and the processes that go into it. I thought I would make you aware of a free, yes, free scenario pack that was part of a designer's contest that was held on Game Squad called Monkeys with Typewriters, in which several designers took the same historical info and designed a scenario. They were judged by a group of respected gamers. Don't tell them I said this. The designers ranged from old pros to rookie designers, including both Pete Schelling and Michael Dorosh. Or Dorosh. We don't know. Um, the designers submitted their scenarios to me, the scenario anonymizer guy, and re I reformatted them so the judging could be done without personality being involved. The scenario pack is graciously hosted by Dave Ramsey at, and it uh, lists the URL here. I promise I will put those in the show notes. Uh, and I downloaded that scenario pack. And for those of you that are scenario junkies, just can't get enough of those ASL scenarios, uh, download those and look them over. They're they're fun. What was it called again? Uh, it's called uh, Monkeys with Typewriters. Yeah. Uh, cheetah likes it. Yeah. Che- remember, cheetahs never prosper. Oh. <laughs> oh, he liked that one. Yeah. It's a good one, isn't it, cheetah? Say it. Uh, oh, he's done laughing. That's it. That's all. <laughs> Throw him a banana. Uh, I have him upstairs. I'll have to go get one in a little minute. Hang on there, yeah. Cheetah. It's a tough, that's a tough crowd. Well, I have a letter from Mark. Wow. Dave playing the Finnish national anthem on the organ <laughs> while apparently looking like Yanni really made my jaw drop. I'm a Finn myself. I didn't know you guys could reach such awesome Dada levels. D, keep it up. How about that? How about that? See, he would like the state national anthems played. Uh, next time? Oh, the state anthems. I guess states aren't nation. Or unless it's a nation state. Yeah. It's a state na- national anthems. I don't know. Let's not get involved. Dada. You know what Dada is, Jeff? Well, I know about... Uh, Come on the spot. Dadaism. Oh, you're, it's an art form. You're right. Yeah, He's right. It was an art. Time. Yeah, yes. I like that. It was an art major. I like that. Yeah. I'm a starting ASL player myself and have just joined the growing mob of new players still waiting for the reprint of Beyond Valor, 3rd edition. Could you please, please say hello from us to the MMP guys if you interview them again? Matthias from Germany. Oh, was it Mark? That letter's from Matthias. Oh, Mm -hmm. Now, he says, yes, still a Finn, though, even though he's a Matthias from Germany. And another letter from Mark. Good to hear. I enjoy the show. It's nice to have some ASL discussion going on. It looks like the ASL Open is going on the same weekend as Adepticon is being held in Chicago. Next time you speak with Keith, please ask him how the ASL Korea and the Manila historical ASL modules are going. Hmm, didn't right. know they were doing a Korea or Manila. Yeah, me neither. We'll have to ask Keith if we get him on again. Yeah. Adepticon. I didn't know that. Adepticon. And we're uh, we're kind of excited. ASL Open is just a few days away. Uh, we hopefully we'll get this episode posted before then, and then we'll have a follow up episode after the ASL Open, and we're going to be broadcasting. Well, or recording from there. We're not sure exactly what's going to happen. It's all very new. We're trying to work on some different technology and stuff. Uh, we'll just see. Got to take baby steps. We have regular jobs. Or I have a regular job. Dave is uh, independently wealthy. <laughs> Just independently wealthy. So, um, uh, oh, should we explain why we're not twittering tonight or live chatting? Oh yes, I had. Um, we had, we've added a couple of things to the website. I added a, a Twitter. 
microblog that uh, we'll just post things on occasionally. But I had posted that we were going to be um, have a live chat room tonight where people could join us during the show. They can't hear the show, but they could go in the chat room and ask us questions and things like that. Um, but we don't have an internet connection at the moment, so we'll have to do that next time. Sorry about that, folks. We are we're we're at the mercy of the technology. And I looked up Adepticon here, and it looks like a Warhammer convention. So oh, not worth your time if you if you have a chance to go to the ASL. Oh yeah, tournament. No but, comparison. No, but on sometime when they're not on the same weekends, maybe you'd like to check that out. Yeah. And also, Jeff, I, I remember a, a person wrote a letter and I responded to it, asking what order to go in with these products. I think you ran into the same situation, right, when you started playing Squad Leader. What do I need? Yeah. You know, people are, still can't play certain ones. Well, you didn't have an overlay the other night. Right. So and I realized, really, the order to try and go in is to do it the historical way it went, I think. So Beyond Valor, Module 1, Beyond Valor. Yep. And if you can't grab it, you grab Paratrooper. You can still get a few copies of that out there. It's starting, and they're not going to reissue it. Because that was the introductory game to the advanced squad leader system from Squad Leader. Right. So you can either do Beyond Valor or Paratrooper. Get in a lot of games with that. Play them all twice. Look for the first magazine, which was called the Annual. Right. Mm-hmm. See if you can find an Annual. Because that Annual is designed only for those boards so far issued. All right. So as the games came out, then you had, you know, before you West of Alamein, you added in um, Partisan and so on, right on up through the annuals and journals, which were the annuals in the early day, followed along with those releases. So I realized if you can find the annuals and the scenarios from the general um, around, you can buy them in order, work your way right on up, and then there's plenty of free materials also out there you will find that may fit what you have. But if you're doing that, it's a very, very safe way to go because they never issue a game, historically, that, of course, would have a component that hasn't been released yet. Yeah, that makes sense. So so really, I'd say just go, you know, try and, try and go in order if you can. And I think you're going to have your best luck doing that. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, unfortunately, with uh, the way things go out of print and... Um, Sometimes they'll, you know they're coming back in print. Sometimes it's gone. You just have to wait. Right. Well, everything's been re-released. Going to be real, at least going to be, yeah. except for things being phased out and included in something else. Right. But so, well, that's good advice. Well, how about uh, scenarios we've played, or oh. favorite scenarios? Not, uh, <laughs> let's see. We had another word for it. Um, um, how about scenario report? Current uh, scenario. Re- I like that. Box Let's art go review, on scenario report. What's in the box and scenario, scenario report. report. Yeah. Because we've been fluctuating between scenarios we've played, scenarios we like to play, favorite scenarios we yeah. have played, scenarios we want to, you know, whatever. I'm still a newbie, so every scenario really is my favorite. Well, the ones I win, I guess, are, are really my favorites. <laughs> so what have you got there, Dave? I have silenced that gun from Paratrooper, the game they're phasing out. Oh. I still think would be the ideal introductory game to go from starter kits to full ASL. You do. It's perfect. Yeah. It gives you all the counters you need. You just start playing. Minimal board requirements. Um, 
So what boards are, what's this one about? This one has board two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Some good old early boards. Of course, people would have had with that uh, first squad leader games. I don't know, one through four. Yeah, one through four with squad leader. Uh, it's ASL scenario 14 from Paratrooper. Fulcarville, June 6, 1944. And it pits the Germans against the Americans. The Germans have six second line squads, six conscripts, a crew, an 8 NIG 1 leader, an 8 0, a 7 0, a heavy machine gun, a medium, and two lights. And an anti-tank gun. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> With an ELR of two. Such a bubbly beer. <laughs> I take it you don't want to redo that. No. No, I'm not going to edit that out. I thought I. I want people to know I us I for, that up for all the beauty that we have. The human show, <laughs> made by humans. Hey, we don't make as much noise as monkeys with typewriters. That would. is correct. I mean, that would be, you know, ugly. Very ugly, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like that one, too? We got to teach that monkey about timing. He's a little <laughs> bit off. Then there's the Americans who come in with seven paratroopers, elite 747 squads with a smoke exponent of three, a 9-neg-1, an 8-neg-1, a 7-0, oh, a 149-hero. Yes, I said hero. <laughs> I heard you say that. I don't know why you said it like that. But. It just sounded heroic. Yeah. And, and a, two medium machine guns, four bazookas. Wow, four. Four. And a DC. I would like to play that. Yeah, it's nice and simple, isn't it? Look I would. That. I can Look never get that. an. I. I need lots. I need scenarios with more bazookas so I can learn how they work. Excellent. I'd say we should play this together. Except yeah. last time I said we would play Operation Watchtower together, and then about a year later you said you were sick of the. And we hadn't played any yet. You said you, said you were sick of the Pacific because <laughs> Joe had you doing the Pacific. Joe's got me. I, I shouldn't say this. Well, Joe won't be listening. Joe won't listen to this. Will no, he doesn't yeah. listen to the show. <clears throat> yeah, he's got me locked into the Pacific. Okay. No, he he always says if you ever want to play something else, but I'm easy going and the Pacific's fun, you know. Well, and but, there's not many Japanese masters either. So no, you, and I Joe's mean, really into that, which is great. So I'm learning a lot. So you said you were not going to do Operation Watchtower with me, so we picked. Do you remember what we're supposed to do next? Uh, I actually don't remember what what our alternative was. I can see it's very meaningful to you, Jeff. Something with Russians. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, no. yes, Italians and Russians and. Other people's was going to be the next action pack, right? Three? AP3? Oh, right. Because we already played one together. We did it as a series replay or a um, an ASL Extra episode. Yeah. So Jeff and I are going to continue those, but we could sneak and silence that gun if I you like. like. Yeah, I'd like that. Or if you're coming Thursday to PASL Club, you could play this with someone else. That's right. Or you can try and beat up some of those rookies learning those Star Kit games. I think you're ready now. And this is just a, why did I like this? Well, the objective is the Germans, um, provided the Germans have not earned more casualty points than the U.S., the U.S. wins instantly by destroying the AT gun and solely occupying a fortified building. So you got to go and silence that gun, as it says in the title. Mm -hmm. And it's been played a lot at tournaments. My gaming experience with it is that it's balanced. I haven't checked its roar ratings. The, um, but anyway, I, Love this one. Oh, good. Thank you for that. My uh, scenario report this time is on Blue Jacket Attack, and this is one of the scenarios out of the 
uh, Schwerpunkt Volume 14 that we featured last time in mm-hmm. What's in the Box. This is uh, done by members of the Tampa ASL group. And Blue Jacket Attack, uh, this scenario was uh, is SP106. Uh, Joe picked this. Guess why? Because, I remember this, it has Navy dudes. That's right. Joe, being a former Navy guy, he will play anything that's got Navy in it, even though, I mean, there's no ships, though. Yeah, so... It's just Navy guys. But he liked it. But So uh, this uses board uh, 39 and 40 with an overlay now. So Joe came over, he brought board 39 and 40, because I don't have those. And he forgot the overlays. Long trek back to Joe's house. I don't think you were home, so what did oh, we do? Oh, I was going to say, did you think of me? Uh, we thought of you. Okay, because remember, yeah. I am just a scant seven minutes away when yeah. I run the light by yeah. the highway. Yeah. Uh, actually, we we would have considered that uh, if this hadn't worked out, but what I did was I went on, and I couldn't believe how easily this worked. I went on, I loaded up Vassal. I loaded board 40. I installed the overlay, took a screenshot of it, and printed it out, and... It worked perfectly. Excellent. It, it but then went, you had to cut it out. We had to and cut had it to out. Laminate it. No, we didn't laminate with it with nail polish. <laughs> no, and I printed printed it out in black and white too. So it, it was you know kind of quick and dirty, but uh, and it wasn't an exact match for size, which I'm, oh, I'm right. guessing they do for a reason. Yes. Otherwise, you'd be printing out all the boards and playing. But um, but it did well enough for what we needed. It only needed to cover actually two sides. Um where the Americans were going to be entering. So it worked out fine. So we had the overlay, and we played this uh, great scenario, which uh, takes place in uh, the Bataan Peninsula in the Philippines on uh, January 23rd, 1942. Japanese against the Americans. And uh, your face is all scrunched up. <laughs> Why is Sorry. that? Just suck on a lemon? What happened? I was trying to calculate. Um, December 7th, 1941, the Japanese attacked Bataan. When was the death march? Pearl Harbor. Yeah, but they, they attacked actually the day before, I think, or like oh. that day or the oh. day after because of the time change. So I'm thinking, is that a death? That can't be. A, is that the retreat? Is the Japanese attacking and the Americans are falling back? Are there Filipino troops in that too? Uh, not in this particular scenario, no. No. Okay, so I was trying to place it. The last Marines on Bataan were from uh, anti-aircraft batteries A and C. These two units were given orders to augment a newly formed battalion of Blue Jackets. The naval battalion was formed to be support for the Army and ground combat. They soon had a chance to fulfill their role. On the night of January 22nd and 23rd, a Japanese force consisting of the 2nd Battalion 20th Infantry Regiment landed on Longsko Kawayan Point. That's Goyan. Yeah. That's right. You want me to read this? Yeah, because now I understand. That is, uh, it is. the initial Japanese landings. The okay. Americans are falling back. Probably an emergency. They had to land the sailors on there to help try and stave them off. So, yeah, this yeah. is just before MacArthur leaves uh, the Philippines and says, I'll be back. <laughs> Yo, y'all wait here. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Cheetah like that. Thank you, Cheetah. <laughs> no, no. He said, I shall return. Oh, right. Actually, he said, I shall return to the Philippines. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. That's less, yeah. like, powerful or something. Yeah. yeah. A lot of misquotes in the world. Um, anyway, so this was um, this was a lot of fun. It was light jungle, a lot of hills, and uh, the Japanese were, were defending a hill and uh, the beach. 
the Americans were coming in from two different sides on the board. We shall fight on the beaches. Yeah, yes. We shall never surrender, whatever the cost may be. Name that speaker. Um, let's see. That was Peter Sellers. In, <laughs> no. 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 It's Churchill. Oh, of course. Very good. Thank you. Those, uh, the, okay, here's, here's one for you. Those uh, dang Japanese, they, they, um, they uh, sunk my uh, PT boat. <laughs> it's JFK. Oh, very good. That's excellent. Yeah, thank you. JFK. How about this one? Hey, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. All right. Um, so, the, anyway, this was a good one. There were a lot of hills to go over, a lot of jungle to go through. Joe had uh, concealment markers. Uh, and and a lot of extra concealment markers, so there were a lot of dummy squads out there. I had to infiltrate. Are you gonna are you gonna shoot your beer out your nose? <laughs> that was a <laughs> that was a really good JFK impersonation. Oh, thank you. All right. <clears throat> Some people look at this scenario and they ask why. I look at this scenario and I ask why not. Uh, a lot of fun. Joe won. Um, Rather handily, uh -huh. I could I couldn't quite I wasn't uh, quite aggressive enough, but you know he had like I say he had some extra uh, concealment markers out there, and he said of course you know that this when when I finally fired into them and made him reveal the fact that they were just dummies, he said well you knew that, <laughs> you knew that was... of course and I thought well I didn't know that you don't <laughs> always know don't you would you say you 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 can't know you have to go after those okay so bob wouldn't you say since we're just a couple guys sitting around talking asl yeah um i played bob in a great scenario but we didn't finish it and i can't think of the name of it right now but it was from the new action pack five hedgerows boy what was it called but um he he and i had played the one previously we talked about before red comrades and split it it's a very good scenario right yeah uh i had drew two red cards and he let me go back but that's old news but anyway and when we were playing that he would go so okay so i think you're uh those guys have to be dummies because uh i counted the counters you know like he didn't oh. lift them up because if he did my chimpanzee would have of course <laughs> you know said something immediately to him. Yeah. yeah where's that chimpanzee oh oh that's it that's his warning that's sound it. he just goes <laughs> so it would have told him you know stop counting his you know, concealment counters but then he said and I, i'm assuming you're near the middle of the game i'm assuming your anti-personnel minds are here here and here and he was right two out of three <laughs> you know yeah I'm like well of course i guess it is obvious so when we then i went to his house and he got the flu while i watched him deteriorate into a flu illness before my eyes and i, I ran out of the house without trying to touch anything yeah we never finished the game we're going to finish it later but I said, okay, I'm going to count his concealment counters. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't figure it out either where the, no. where the dummies were. But I tried to make an extra point of keeping a track this time. And I think in a real early show I said, you know, I just say, I don't care what's in there. I'm just going to shoot at it anyway. Right. And that's probably where you're still at with it. That's where I'm at with um, it. But I did start to look and go, okay, I'll bet his mines are going to be placed here yeah. or over here. And, of course, they were in one of the two spots I predicted. Because that's how I would have done it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, if you do start thinking that way, you know, it might help you. Well, I'll try to do that next time. So I learned a little something from that. Uh, but that tied me up a little bit in, in taking care of those. Um, so I, I was probably, you know, 
one turn behind. Should have just just should have gotten just in there short, quicker. yeah, just short. But that was a very fun scenario. I like that, and and uh, pretty basic, you know, not a lot, not a lot of wacky stuff in there, but a lot of good close combat with the Japanese in the jungle, which is always a lot of fun. And one thing I I thought of, I I read an article. Uh, I recently read. I'm still reading Journal Five. First time I've had a chance to read Journal Five, and there's an excellent article in there by Mark Pitkavich about close combat and Japanese. And he just said a few things that made me think, of course, why didn't I think of that? One of which is, in close combat, your morale doesn't make a difference. Correct, yeah. So if you can be thinking about it, your guys with the higher morale, put them out in harm's way, if, if you need to, to, to clear the path. And the guys with the lower morale follow up those are the guys that can go into close combat the guys with the higher morale are the ones that can take the shots because they're more likely to recover or 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 pass their morale check the other guys who are less likely you you can if i mean if you can keep them back and save them for the close combat correct especially if you're defending a building you know whatever where the plus three helps them survive right to where the enemy on the last turn has to jump in there in close combat yeah you know so uh, that was good. And um, the this Schwerpunkt um, Volume 14 comes with uh, designer notes, which are very useful. And I wish I had read those before I actually went into the scenario. Oh, would have you actually played bit. it without reading I, those? I didn't read the designer notes, yeah. Well, I picked it up from your house. I went yeah. right home, and Joe and I sat up. Oh, you know, so, right. You picked it up so that there Thursday. Wasn't time. And actually, that's why I took it home, was to kind of read through the designer notes. The and designer then I lost interest are... in it because I realized, well, I wasn't going to be playing them yeah. real soon, yeah. trying to catch up on some of the official stuff. But um, but they're very yeah. interesting. They talk about you know the historical background and you know kind of the advantages and disadvantages that each side have in this scenario and kind of how to play it. So uh, next time, I definitely, I think Joe and I are going to play another one from this group. Uh, next time, and um, I'm going to read the designer notes this time. I learned my lesson. <laughs> so that's it for a scenario report. All right. And one last thing about the Schwerpunkt is, um, I don't know if they list, I, I have to look actually on the website and see if they list the boards that are needed to play the scenarios contained within all of these different volumes, because I didn't have all these boards. No. So Correct. Fortunately, Joe does, and you do, and so uh, if you're if you don't have somebody that's got a supply of all the boards, you may want to check with Schwerpunkt before you buy, to find out which boards are in there. But it's great stuff. All right, now uh, oh, it's time for our commercial. You want to do some music, Dave? You want to sing us this? <laughs> you don't have your organ here. No, well, it's upstairs. Maybe the chimp could sing something. He can. Uh, it's time for a commercial for the C4 Corner Cutter which is manufactured by the counterculture. And the C4 corner cutter is an amazing little device. I will say this, it's it's an amazing thing. And I, Joe and I were playing the Schwerpunkt thing the other night. Joe had uh, some Japanese counters out that he had not trimmed the corners on. Actually, Bob did that with me too. And they were sticking together. And it was annoying, and we knew if we had the corner cutter right there, we we should have just trimmed them up right then. It probably, for that scenario, would have taken us two minutes. And Bob broke out his little toenail clippers and was clipping them. That's gross. And he had to turn them. Yeah. You know, he turned each corner, turn it. Turn yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. C4 corner cutter, folks, takes care of all of that for you. You can you can trim all the corners and, and have your game ready to play. 
average game you can do in an hour. Big game you could do in an evening. Uh, it's a very nice little item. Costs only nineteen dollars and ninety-five cents, which is a makes a great gift. That's a bargain. And Buy a yourself great gift. something. Yeah. No matter how bad the economy gets, folks, uh, it's you know toenail clippers are more expensive probably than a couple of a couple of toenail clippers are more expensive than it. That is C4 probably correct. Card. And yes, the economy does not affect gaming. Yeah. And don't oh. be the last one on your block to own one. So for crying out loud, <laughs> go out and get one. Get a couple. They're great. And uh, just check out the link on our website. So All right. Thank you, C4 Corner Cutter and Counterculture, for sponsoring our show. Yep. We thank you very much. Well, and now it's time for... What's in the Box? Well said, Dave. Thank you. Unlike Joe, I get it right the first time. <laughs> well, I have a Rally Point Volume 3, also sent to us by Schwerpunkt. Oh, really? Uh, most generous group of guys there. I think, uh, did MMP send anything free, Jeff, this week? MMP has mm-hmm. not sent us anything free. And, you know, we're, we're happy to review anything anybody wants to send in. We're happy to know to feature it in what's in the box and and play it and review it yep it's all great asl yeah this one now rally point what's different about this than the rest of the schwerpunkt archives it looks yeah, like what? it's subtitled relics from the schwerpunkt archives so oh. whereas we had previously looked at the newest schwerpunkt collection of scenarios right. volume 14 right this one is 10 scenarios from the tampa asl group so I think they're putting them out again. Um, hmm. Rally Point returns for a third year with 10 new scenarios. This time we have an unusual group of scenarios. Many of them are so unlike what we normally print in Schwerpunkt that they never made it to that publication. Ah. You might ask what happened to the ruins of the Reich issue. Well, the answer, I don't know what that is. The answer is you are still, the monkey is, stop it. Do you, yeah. know, do you hear that? <laughs> She's jumping up and down on the stop it is wearing shoes. uh ruins of the reich was rally point number uh sorry volume four. Oh, we have volume three. three so they're sending us some not the current but all yeah. these are available yeah right that's right so uh, ruins of the reich mark pickavage's scenarios in this issue but we soon determined that the play test of those scenarios was going to extend well beyond the time frame we had to work on it in order to have Rally Point ready for Aslock 2008. We figured the players would expect us to have a new issue of Rally Point at Aslock. And not wanting to disappoint them, the Tampa group decided to search the archives of some of our older, unconventional scenarios that we had previously playtested, but that had not made it into the pages of Swearpunk. So we pulled a group of scenarios from the archives, dusted them off, did some playtest confirmation to work out the bugs and update them, and have these 10 scenarios. Three three of these feature board 42, so it does say on the inside. We previously refrained from releasing large numbers of scenarios that use this board while it was unavailable. And when board 42 was reissued in Action Pack 3, few returned, we figured it was time to give the players some more scenarios to play with their newly acquired boards. Very considerate. Very nice of them, yes. Very thoughtful. I'll take the first page there. And we'll give you a quick rundown. Of, of the scenarios. We'll yeah. be, try and be a little more brief. Um, and there are notes here, I think. Scenario design, another... Yeah, it's run down. It doesn't look like they have as good of uh, notes as your issue did. Of the player notes or the designer notes? I, Yeah, the Schwerpunkt 
There's some here, but these are shorter, right? Ten pages at least of notes. Okay, and and these it's just about a page, page and a half for the rally points. But what you got, Jeff? What's the number scenario? Well, I have uh, RPT, which I guess stands for rally point. Rally point. RPT 21, Gotterdammerung. Oh, that's like the opera. Yes, it is. Wagner's. Wagner. Yeah. The ring cycle. Yes. Or as it's called in Germany, der ring <laughs> a few years ago um, on PBS, they did the yes. they did the whole ring cycle. That was many years and, ago. And Jeff. And that was, was like ten years ago. Okay, well, it all you know, I'm so old. <laughs> it all seems close. Yeah, and they had F. Murray that. Abraham um, announcing it. So, and I thought, well, this will be interesting. He'll give some sort of a you know synopsis, maybe of what's going to happen. Talk about. Wagner and the how fabulous this series of operas is. So so I sat down. I had it recorded. I sat down to watch it. Said hi, I'm F. Marie Abraham, and tonight we're going to listen to the Ring Cycle. And now, der Ring. <laughs> that was it. He was done. <laughs> he, he was done. Because <laughs> that how he has no narration. No, yeah. He didn't, I mean... Like director's commentary yeah. on the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> so in this scene, we see... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Um, as you might imagine, this is a scenario with Germans. Germans uh, against the Americans, taking place in uh, Weidhofen, Germany, uh, May 9th, 1945, so close to the end of the war. Germans win at game end if they have exited two vehicular crews off the board edge. And this is, this is a four-board scenario, 47, 44, 42, and 4. Wow. I don't know if that... Do you, do you know, know anything about numerology? No. Okay, me neither. So this scenario looks like it's uh, the Germans are retreating and uh, even need to destroy some of their equipment. They need to get off the edge of the board, uh, provided all German AFVs are destroyed with at least two of them being destroyed in any of these hexes, certain hexes. So then in the, in the coordinated instructions, it said, or sometimes known as the SSRs, uh, the Germans have Panzerfaust capability only in the form of optional usage Panzerfaust. Do you know that rule? Yes, that rule is states that you roll a dice for it to have it much like a smoke grenade. Oh, okay. Or, no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> it it You're requires. You're making this up as you go along, <laughs> I, aren't you? I'm just agreeable. I, oh, don't, okay. I don't use the optional usage rules, but it, it, it actually you write them down who has them, I think, and how many they have. Oh, I okay. think that's correct. All right. We'll check that after. It's one the of show. the two. Oh, yeah. Like, no, we, oh, won't. we promised we were going to look these things up yeah. right away, but yeah. I'm not getting up to walk over there for the rule book. <laughs> I'm too <Yes>. busy. <laughs> Ah. Oh, the Whoa. Boddington. That CO2 is really kicking in. <laughs> also, German units may fire at German vehicles only if the vehicle is abandoned or captured. Okay. And further, only German vehicular crews may fire Panzerfaust at German vehicles. So, in this, it, it looks like, and I just gave it a quick look over. They're destroying. Looks like, yeah, they're retreating. They're destroying their equipment cool. as they go. And uh, that... I've never played one like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a, a neat extra, you know, yeah. rules. Yeah. Yeah, what do you got? That's uh, four and a half turns. So nice and quick. These are all, looks like all of these are actually, oh, not all of them. Some of these are very short, though. 
which is nice. Get them done in an evening. Or while your wife is at church. <laughs> no, I'm at oh. church, too. Oh, you're at church, too. Um, well, let's see. What number was that you, you did? So I mean, that was 20, oh. 21. Oh, you were talking to the 20,000 listeners that yeah. we have out there about... Yeah. Are you done spilling just beer the one all over your you spare punk? Down the spare punk. <laughs> you got to return these. <laughs> the like CO2 return thing these. in the Boddington just went... Boosh. Can I return these? They smell like beer. <laughs> what do you guys do while you're printing these in your printing press? <laughs> yeah. 20... Uh, I'm looking at 23. The Bevent Reconnaissance. R-E-C-C-E. Recce? Reconnaissance. Yes, I'm pretty Reef. certain. Ricci. Ricci. Oh, it's a, it's Italian. No, it's not. It's Germans versus the Canadians and the Paras, the 6th Airborne Division. It shows the insignia for the paratroopers, that, for the British Paras that came with um, Pegasus Bridge. You got those special Canadian-marked paratroopers. I know you, you didn't, but I have them. And what I found unique about this one is a four and a half turns, the Germans have six squad total, not real good um, conscripts and first line looks like, a couple LMGs, but a 120 millimeter mortar, uh, two of them. And what happens is the Canadians, this is the only special rule I, of, of real interest here, the Canadians earn two victory points for each um, crew and two victory points for each 42 mortar. GRW 42 mortar, that's the 120 millimeter mortar, that loses hit initial placement status. They get points for that. Hmm. So it is a reconnaissance. They just want to try and locate them. Neat. And then they get some for other reasons, but that I found that very unique. So that's um, in Normandy, France, on June 9th, 1944. Looks neat. All right, going on to number 22, this is... Convente Beato Sante. I don't know what that means. Convent That's Italian. Beato Sante. I don't know. The Saint Beato Convent, maybe. I don't know. This takes place in Italy. Uh, August 26, 1944. By the way, who, who designed that scenario you just, you just oh, did? Oh. Um, Always like to give kudos to these guys that you know, put all the work a in here. Good idea. Where is that located on this card, Jeff? My Gotterdammerung, by the way, was done by uh, Evan Sherry, who I think is the Mr. Chief Mucky Muck over there at the Tampa ASL group. Oh, he might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, Evan Sherry also. Oh, that one too? Okay. Uh, Convente Beato Sante. Italians against the Canadians. Uh, I'm sorry, the... Yeah. And... Uh, Italians are trying to hold a hill, or a, a number of hills, and the Canadians from D Company, Hastings and Prince Edward Regiment, and the 12th Royal Tank Regiment. How do, how do they keep track of all of these? Uh, the records, historical records. Okay, it's amazing. Um, have to take these hills. Uh, the Germans have some, or the Italians have some uh, panzers, a truck, uh, oh, trenches and wire. Meanwhile, the Canadians have uh, three Churchills coming up the hill, some Piats, light machine gun, some uh, pretty hefty units. Uh, the Italians have four six eights, and the Canadians have four five eights. It's going to be a that's going to be a real slugfest. Uh, and this all uses board fifteen, only half of board fifteen, uh, four and a half turns. Looks like fun. 
Do I say that about all of them? Yes, you do. You're very redundant. Mine is Farmyard Afray, (laughs) Rally Point 24. You're very redundant. (laughs) Thank you. You like that word? I do. Uh, It's five turns, Evan Sherry. Uh, It has the uh, Grenadier 857th and Panzer Jaeger Battalion 346. Four squads of them. And then a section of, with two medium machine guns, and a section of another five squads, 9-neg-1 LMG, Panzer IV, one tank. And it's to go along with the other scenario, it looks like, because this is June 7th, 1944. And the uh, Brit- or Canadian 6th Airborne Division has six squads, a half squad, a couple liters, LMG, two Piats, and an airborne mortar. So it looks like another nice little um, action for the... Canadian paratroopers near D-Day. D-Day? D-Day. Which day? Today. Today. Today, mate. D-Day, mate. Uh, number 25, this is Cornwall's Rum Ration. I didn't have a chance to read through this one yet, but this is uh, Germans against the Brits. And what is this insignia here with the dragon there, Dave? Oh, I have not seen that one. Okay, it's uh, elements of the four... Fourth and seventh Royal Dragoons Guards. Really? Yeah. So they've got uh, some four five eights, four five sevens, piats, some carriers, a six pounder. Wonder how much those weigh. About six pounds. And then there's uh, <laughs> and two bagpipe divisions. No. <laughs> Do you know any songs from Brigadoon? Uh, Baliha. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. What are we going to do about Maria? <laughs> Was that the other one? No. No. Um, when you're a jet, you're a jet <laughs> all the way. No. Brigadoon, lad. Brigadoon. No. Home. No, I don't. Come home. Come home with Bonnie Jean. Come home. Come home. I'll come home with Bonnie Jean. No. No, don't you don't it. recognize that? No. Okay. I'm sorry, I'll cut that part out. And the Germans are uh, elements of the Panzer Grenadier Regiment, the 104th, and uh, Panzer Battalion. Uses board 22 and 42. I can't quite see what's going on here, but the the British win at the game end if they take over some stone buildings uh, away from the Germans. And what number was that? That was uh, 25. I don't think we're going really in order here, but... Oh, doesn't surprise because me. Because I can't find 26. <laughs> I have 27. I have 26. Okay. Sick- oh, you're right. Sycamore and Succotash. Suffering Succotash. I'd like to get the job just to, just titling these. Yes. And what's amazing is, out of 2,000 plus scenarios, they all have unique names. That is amazing. You don't seem as I mean, you'd have to put a lot of monkeys against and with typewriters to come up with that. <laughs> you sure would. Yeah. Darn um, monkeys and their typewriters. Where is our monkey anyway? This takes place. Is he taking a break somewhere? No. <laughs> there he is. This takes place at Quajaline Quajalin Atoll in the Marshall Islands, 1st of February, 1944. So that's a little unique. And a unique rule here is that starting on turn three, it's got the Japanese against the Americans, as you, as you would guess, in the Marshall Islands. Uh, it's a larger scenario. The turn's only five and a half, but there's 14 squads for the Americans. 
and about 10 plus two crew for the Japanese. But starting on turn three at the beginning of each American prep fire phase, the American player must make a die roll. On a result of one or two, um, the Japanese torpedo magazine explodes. Whoa. Yeah, to determine the location of the explosion, you place an FFE2 counter in Y5, roll for direction, extent of error, and then place the FFE2 on the closest building rubble hex occupied by or adjacent to an American unit. It's then resolved with a 36 firepower. So someone's going to get toasted there. I like that one. Also by Evan Sherry. Uh, looking back here on Gotterdammerung, by the way, I think I said it was the Germans against the Americans because I saw the star here on the scenario sheet, but yeah. it's the Russians. Oh, it's not in color. Yeah. <sighs> what is the matter with me? The black star is the Russians. Yeah. The white star is the Americans. And, and I think, for loading and unloading only. And I, <laughs> and I think on the last episode, I, I messed up the French and the English. There aren't they all the same? We're just Europeans. Oh, I'm sure they won't think so. Uh, you know, I've got three other scenarios, but we don't have all the time to go through them we all. We don't need but, to go uh, through them all, correct. They look, they look really good. This crossing gold, that's a big one. Sound of hoofbeats. Uh, Mike Faulkner scenario designer. Brian Williams. Uh, i got to meet these guys someday. They're doing a great yep. job. And, and in my last one, too, there's yeah. a nice, short, five-and-a-half-turn scenario. I'm, I, I lean toward those a lot. Yeah. Um, boy, but the MMP products can get you those nice, big ones. Bob and I were looking over um, the Armies of Oblivion, which we hadn't got to play yet. Yeah. And there are really some great, big, you know, scenarios we're going to plan to do in two days and whatever, so. Oh, great. Well, you know what that music means, don't you, Jeff? Um, somebody left the door open. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> You've never heard it before, have you? Yeah. That means it's time for Box Art Review. Ah, yes, my favorite spot. We're looking here today, ladies and gentlemen, at ASL Module 7, Hollow Legions. Hollow Legions, the Italians, a marvelous scenario. Looks like a bunch of firefighters. <laughs> they do look like firefighters. They do. It's their helmets. Their helmets are very Well, they're all dressed in yellow. And they're dressed in yellow. It's supposed to be, I'm sure, a desert tan. Oh. Okay, well, right off the bat, there's a problem with the art there. The artist was colorblind. <laughs> What's unique about this work is... The close-ups of the faces. We really have a focal point on a portrait of four gentlemen struggling against the evil Ethiopians. That guy on the left looks like Africa. he has to go to the bathroom in the worst way. It's because the war is so traumatic, oh. Jeff. It's so traumatic. While the one on the left is kind of gleefully firing the machine gun up into the air. Oh, I he's see. he's the experienced one. You know, in every film there's the experienced... There's, well, think about Platoon. You had the guy that bashed the skull of the Vietnamese guy open and said, oh, look at the brains. You remember that guy? He yeah. looks like the Texas guy. There's always a character like that. He's gleefully shooting down the enemy. Well, the one on the right is concerned about the war. He's, he's a little stressed. Whereas the one to the left of the guy on the right, look at the furrowed eyebrows. Those are furrowed. They're very furrowed. He's yeah. very worried about the war and about what might happen, and he, he does not like the killing at all. So this becomes a psychological study, a psychological study mm -hmm. of war. 
Yeah, this is probably uh, of the box art you've done the most personal. It's I mean, very we're really, personal. We're really up close and personal with these yes. hollow guys. In fact, this this box art is so personal. I don't even let my close family members see this box. <laughs> I keep it hidden on the shelf. <laughs> so there we go. So box what would you say about the, the about that uh, the color composition there? Well, it, it leans toward the yellow side, maybe a bit mm-hmm. too much. This even the sky is this orangey desert color. Yeah, not a so lot of contrast. It's got a right, but it does make that machine gun stand out powerfully. Yeah, that Italian G5864 35.6 machine gun. Mamma mia. Look at that. Although the composition's a little bit of going straight across there. So that could have been a little stronger. I would move the machine gun up higher into the air, mm-hmm. lowering my angle of view, and then that would move the men down a little lower to get that nicer effect of the triangle. Yeah. Shall we do just one more today? Oh, really? We have time for two? We have time for two. Oh, <laughs> excuse me if I open that box. <laughs> Box fart. Well, look at this, Jeff. It's time for a box fart. <laughs> Please. This is a family show. Oh, sorry. Do you have this game? Look, trying to make me feel bad. Yes, no, I, I don't. No, I don't. And I'm not likely to get that in the near future. Module 8. And that is wow. Code of Bushido. Bushido. That's right. Code of Bushido. Oh, yeah. Code of Bushido. This music doesn't fit Code of Bushido. No, it really doesn't. But we see um, a beautiful Japanese flag draped behind the words Code of Bushido. The type font, and we haven't talked about that much, is very appropriate, very Asian-looking mm-hmm. Code of Bushido. The I like the way the soldiers kind of make the triangle themselves. If you follow the line from the leader in the bottom left with his sword thrust aggressively toward the enemy and a very firm, strong, thin, yet strong arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can uh-huh. follow the line from his head down the soldier's helmets, making the tip of the triangle at the last soldier and follow it back down along. It picks up at the palm branch on the right and continues off the page. Beautiful composition. A night view, we don't see that very often, with the moonlight glittering off of the ocean. That must be hard to do. In the background. That Paint is the hard to do. Yeah. Right. That and clouds. Painting clouds. I hate painting clouds. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging. I need to just do a cloud study. Go out some Saturday and just paint the clouds. Maybe every Saturday for the next two years of my <laughs> life. You do that, study. Dave. So the color I'll be choices. Inside playing. <laughs> squad can I come out while you're outside? Can I come inside and play your? Could you code come of Bushido? out and play squad leader with yeah. me while I'm doing my cloud studies? Uh, no. But a nice choice of colors here. Very yeah. subdued with the greenish and then everything with a purple tint, giving it that night effect. Very nice job. And that is going to end the box art review. All right, the next thing is the supposedly the meat of the of this show tonight, but we're keeping it short, so it'll be a... Yeah, a short show tonight. Looking at the advanced sequence of play, the ASOP chart. Advanced sequence of play, yep. A listener requested this, actually, to go through the advanced sequence of play. Talk yeah, so, about... folks, be careful what you wish for. Because <laughs> we're going to do it. 
we're gonna go <laughs> we're gonna read the advanced sequence of play well talk about, about it apples. briefly but yeah. we're we're torn on this but we may as well just you know if you don't if you don't want to hear this you can consider that nice box art review the end of your <laughs> show this week that's right this week this month that's right jeff okay. you want to read the intro there to me uh sure as listed in the advanced sequence of play otherwise known as asop each phase is usually broken down into three main parts the start during and end and several discrete steps. Each step number, the players involved, is specified as A, attacker, which is in red, D, defender, which is in, uh, is that purple? Yes. And B, in black, is both. The ASOP lists the official order of actions, even for those whose order is not given elsewhere. How about that? However, yeah. inconsequ- however, inconsequential violations of sequence should be tolerated in the spirit of good sportsmanship. I, yeah. I always like that part. Yes, let's emphasize that, folks. Yeah. It's um, there's probably two approaches to squad leader. One's the official, I'm going to a tournament approach, and please be brutal on me in terms of following the rules. And then there's the spirit of play that I've always followed, and I think you have, and most people, yeah. I think, do follow. Let someone go back. I mean, not to another phase, obviously. Well, although it could be another phase, you know, you're prepping away, and your opponent goes, "Oh, I forgot to rally this gun." Right. Well, let them rally it for Pete's yeah, sake. You know. That's right. Um, otherwise, tell them in the rally phase. Take responsibility to help each other remember things when you're learning the game. Yeah. Now, once you get into competitive play, throw it all out the window and break out the ASOP. Yeah. Because it's gonna break it down to where you can't do that. If you didn't do it first, you can't do it at all during yeah. that phase. But some of the sequences here are really, especially as we get into, uh, we're going to do the pregame sequence first, but as we get into the rally phase, the stuff that it, that occurs in specific orders, really, it's, it's very interesting, really. Um, let me just f- continue this uh, introduction. Should the order of actions given in the body of the rules conflict with the ASOP, the latter takes precedence. All activities in the same step may be conducted in any order unless stated otherwise. Ah, well, that's good to know. Yes. Oh, in any order of, oh, in the step. Okay. I thought those were all in ordered the in the same there. step. <clears throat> I'm glad we're reading this. Um, if actions conflict, the attacker goes first. Okay. Certain mutually exclusive actions may be listed in the same step despite the fact that they cannot be conducted by the same unit and many restrictions normally applicable to the listed actions are left unmentioned. In both cases, the normal rules pertaining to such such actions will apply. Okay. Looking at the pregame sequence. There we go. Here's here's all the stuff you need to do before you actually start to play. First. <laughs> this is going to scare the starter kit steers <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. First, get up in the morning. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Think about squad leader. Oh. Twitter about squad leader. By the way, for those of you who don't know, where you can now follow us on Twitter. Well, Jeff keeps saying that, but... We don't know why. <laughs> and I'm not Twittering. It's very popular, but nobody knows why. But you can follow the two half squads on Twitter. It's you can a, uh, check our website. You can you can see it. Yeah, it may serve some purpose. We're you never sure know. Yet. People yeah. like... You know, to know what celebrities are doing. But we don't post much, do we? You've posted a couple. I've posted four, four things or okay. five things. I'll have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. But. Okay. Pre-game sequence. 
Follow in the order given. Not all will apply to every scenario. Thank goodness. Uh, items pertinent only to a, a do-it-yourself scenario are indented. Should the order of actions given in the body of the rules conflict with this sequence, the latter takes precedence, except in the case of a campaign game, campaign game refit phase. Uh-huh. So... So what's in this pregame sequence well, exactly, Dave? And one, we, we don't have to cover everything, but you know some of the main things that you should know. Okay, well, let's see. Agree upon which optional house rules will be in effect. That's a good, a good one to note. Do you have any house rules? Well, we go lightest to darkest, top to bo- Okay, when you get a random selection, white on the top, and top, white is always the leader. Now, some people stack their leaders underneath their stacks. We used to stack them on the top. Yeah. So white's the leader, and then from there down, or the lightest dice from there down, and I think that's actually stated in the rules somewhere, hmm. suggested do this. That's our house rule. That's the way we do it. That's the we only roll, house rule. Well, we roll two dice for a um, weapon disable, or a, when you have to roll one dice, we roll the whole jar, and the lighter dice, the color dice, which is the darker, is the one that indicates if you've uh, if your leader's been killed in a, in a wound or if your machine gun... Um, has been repaired or not in a rally phase. Ah. So that that we do in our house. So it's good to tell people that. Oh, by the way, you don't have to pick up one color dice and drop it in the jar. You can just roll the whole jar, and we'll know the darker dice is your is your dice. Okay. Yeah, the only house rule we have is um, no spitting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something about it. I just can't take it. I won't tolerate it. Oh, and the toilet seat. Yes, the toilet, the toilet seat. seat. That one I learned. Yeah. Determine who will play each side. No-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Set up the map boards and overlays. No-brainer. Determine the weather. Oh. Have, have you ever played a game where the weather has, uh, where there been a change in the weather that really made a difference? You played, Only you know, some gusts with smoke. Oh, gusts. Yeah, that yeah. makes a difference. Okay. And sometimes the direction of the of the smoke, and the of gu- the wind. the gust. Will uh, disperse smoke take, faster? Yeah, and okay. take away, like, street smoke. Well, or take away certain kinds of smoke, wipe it off the board. Okay. So it does make a difference. And then the direction can change if you've got spreading smoke, which actually Bob and I had the other night, but no wind change. But if the wind will change, suddenly that smoke will get kicked off in another direction and block up someone else's line of sight. So that is worth doing. But that's determine the weather to see if it's um, moist or wet. Usually that's given in a special role. Yeah. You can also then uh, ascertain the stream or river depth, if that's going to come into play during the game, or and the river current. Which often is given in the scenario rules, yeah. as is determine jungle type, rice paddy, check to see if reefs exist, determine a beach slope, beach slope width, wow. check, yeah. But that's, again, those are very special to just Pacific campaigns. Yeah, those are Pacific. Pacific games. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they don't have beaches in Europe. Well, only Normandy. (laughs) Um, Make do-your-own purchases. That's for do-your-own. Yeah. Um, No one plays Battlefield Integrity Base, which is listed there. Choose a Commissar. Now, that one I missed in the game we just posted, the replay. Oh, is that right? Extra uh, number seven, I think it was. Yeah, I forgot to take a Commissar. Ah. So, star that one. Uh, ascertain the special limitations and capabilities of all units and guns. What does that mean? Uh, that's a good question. Special limitations and capabilities. Oh, I suppose that would have read, to do with... Yes. Read your notes on your weapons. Yeah. 
I never read notes on mortars or guns. I, I occasionally I flip through there and go, oh, look at that. And there'll this, be differences based upon uh, the the date. Uh, that the scenario takes place. Sometimes, yes. S- certain kinds of guns have certain sorts of capabilities depending on when the, the scenario takes place. Yeah, things like the fact that your Shermans can, you know, do uh, roll twice on the effects rolls. Oh, right. To represent that rate of fire. Some of the guns, I think, can do that too, I yeah. think. I'm not sure. But again, I, I need to start doing that. Reading about every weapon that I have, it doesn't take but a few minutes. It's a little paragraph in yeah. your vehicle notes or gun notes, mortar notes. Yeah. Wish they were all bulleted, though, instead of all those words. <laughs> that was a good point. Yeah. Uh, assign armor leaders. To certain tanks, yes. Yep. Set up ocean overlays. Why wasn't that done earlier? I don't know. I would have done that earlier. Check for the presence of all other terrain changes and conditions and implement as required. Yes. If required. Yes, mm-hmm. which again is special rules. Read the special rules. Yeah. Make sure you know what you're doing there. Uh, assemble the OBA draw piles. Okay, that one <laughs> doesn't so seem like For those like of you that listed, haven't, but... haven't played with OBA, but there's certain cards you use yes, to draw chits. to determine whether or not, yeah, or chits, to determine whether or not you get OBA and get acquisition during that turn. Uh, Record all pre-registered hexes for OBA, off-board observers, etc. Drop, uh, record the drop point of each paratrooper wing. You won't be using those much. Determine the time of day, F11.3. Hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's probably for that, uh, I forget the rule, it's called sun blindness in the desert. When you're going into the oh, west, yeah, you get sun blindness at a certain time of day, I'll bet. But usually that's set into the special rules. Uh-huh. Uh, determine the base NVR. What's NVR? Night visibility range at night. Oh, you're good. And cloud cover, mm-hmm. if applicable. God, they think of everything. Uh, determine environmental conditions. Yep. Usually they're given in your scenario card, but if they're not, you have to determine that. Uh, determine what color underwear you're going to wear that day. <laughs> and roll. Roll for it. Rolling for briefs. Yeah. Thank you, Cheetah. <laughs> Get that monkey out of here. Uh, first side. Oh, yeah. Then the first side commences their setup. Set up. After all that stuff. Which, again, side of the, most of that's not going to apply to most scenarios. Yeah, right. Um, deploy squads if allowed. Uh, good point. Which is that, something I don't do enough of. I always feel like I should be doing more deployment. Yeah, and I don't deploy. Um, and again, in the last uh, extra episode, that was one of the comments given that we should have, uh, or Mike should have deployed more mm-hmm. at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the one, the one where I really did it was uh, one I played against you, where all of your, all of your forces were hip. And I was supposed to seek them out. Oh yes, going and through the jungle, and I deployed a yeah, bunch well, yeah, of my Yeah, that squads wasn't the jungle. There. That was the woods. It was a partisan game. Right? Oh, that's right. Yes, partisans. That's right. Yeah, you did very well in that. Yeah. I was impressed. And to root yeah. out the partisans. Uh, for you um, starter kit players, deploy means where you take a squad, and you can roll and divide it into two half squads. At the start of the game, because the you can search more hexes with them and stuff. Right. Right. Uh, you can do it any time during the game. Yes, you can. During in the a rally, rally phase. phase. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ascertain setup limitations about on half hexes. Mm-hmm. S- 
stacking crest. I'm getting a little wow. parched. There's a lot to do there. Oh. Fire in the hole! Yeah. <laughs> My first Boddington's of the evening. Yeah, there's not enough here to share, Cheetah. Get back, get your own brew. That's yeah, beautiful. Boy, there's a lot under ascertained setup limitations because you have minefields and placed guns, daisy chains. But all these things, again, apply to certain scenarios and not. So you find the item that's on your card and, and go read about it. You know, again, for example, the last ASL Extra episode. On that card, there was an OBA, right, that I, yeah. went, again, wanted to review those rules and rules about the dive bombers, the Stukas. So I reread that two pages of rules, and then I felt ready to go. Yeah. That's actually the best way to do the rules. I've tried just taking the rules and reading them all the way through. No. There's nowhere, you know, you don't have a sense of how it applies and when you need, and, and there's so much of that stuff that you just don't need. Right. It, it, it just makes more sense to pick a scenario and yes. then read the rules pertaining to that scenario. Yes. You'd be much better off. Yeah, uh, occasionally now I with my much ex- better off. experience, I'll go back and grab a section of rules and reread it and make yeah. the notes. But again, that's probably been eight years since I've done that. But yeah. I'm ready to do it again. So, you going to get a clean sheet of paper for that, or are you going <laughs> to? Yes, really? I have one little sheet left to <laughs> to read on the air about notes I took like eight years ago. But I, I, I love re- listening to you read your notes. <laughs> when running, no wait. When walking, never, no wait. Always. <laughs> okay, I'll redo no, them. I wrote the rules number down. I'll go reread it before I come on the air. No, I think they're more fun that way. <laughs> Scenario Defender, does the boar sighting critical? Do the boar sighting. Uh, I need. To, I don't do boar sighting. And what is it? Do you know? Uh, it's when you can take a gun. and mm-hmm. Or a machine gun or mortar, certain types of machine guns, mediums, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Pick a certain target hex, and it's kind of like getting a pre-acquisition. Yeah, neg two kinda. on the hex. Neg two on that hex. So yeah. bore sight those weapons when your enemy is coming from off board. Though if they set up on board, forget about it. So that only applies to certain scenarios. But ah, okay, definitely take that. Yeah, and what is the uh, real life uh, metaphor for that? Is that what they actually did? Is they would yes. fire? They would fire like spotting rounds yep. or something to get exactly uh, the range. Yep, shoot a couple of shells off, see if you hit that building. Yeah. And if you did lock in the coordinate, well, coordinates, I don't know how you line up a gun, but, you know. That would be a fun uh, thing to do at, at the, the uh, Renaissance Fair this year is learn how to bore sight <laughs> an artillery piece. Would they do that at the Renaissance well, Fair? Well, maybe on those old weapons yeah. that they had. <laughs> uh, where are we? Okay, uh, attempt any hull-down maneuvers. Yes, if you have tanks on hills... Triangle hull down. That's a very important step. Actually, it's a good thing we're reading this. I'm, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm getting reminded. Uh, I'm glad too. Lots of things. Like I can make an abbreviated version of this. Yeah. Like in most scenarios, boresight, check hull down on your yeah. vehicles and so on. Right. Do the deployment. Uh, claim wall advantage. Yes, important. Uh, note special DD tank amphibian setup capabilities. You know what? What's DD, Dave? Um, duplex drive tank. Uh, for for the D-Day invasions, they had tanks that could go on landed on water. Oh, you know, okay. They had the screen that could Right, up. okay. Um, but I don't know why you wouldn't determine that earlier when you were determining, like, you know, the what the weapons do and things. But hmm. 
I guess read all your tank notes too back when you read your notes on your guns. Defender places no move counters. That's for at night. Scenario attack attacker employs cloaking for night. Record your death dare squads for Chinese. Ooh. They, they're troops that can go um, berserk basically, right? The death dare squads. They can do a bonsai charge basically. Oh. Yeah, they're Chinese. And you pick them. These are the ones that can do it. No one else can do it. Okay. Uh, f- first side, complete setup. Okay. So that would usually be the, well, yeah, it would be whatever side was is determined by the scenario rules. Then the scenario attacker makes one recon die roll if allowed. What? Oh, recon- yeah, reconnaissance die roll E1.23. That's... I don't know. Maybe I should reread that. I think that's by special rule, maybe. I'm not sure about that reconnaissance. I know on some games it says you get a recon roll, special rule, so it probably is. Um, determine the tide. If it's a, a yeah. beach landing and right. the surf, and surf, we'll go with that. Yep. Then the second side, that's all the first side doing their setup. Second side now starts its setup. And then completes its setup. Yeah, <laughs> so the second order? side has to go through all of that that same sort of oh, stuff. Completes right. its setup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do your yeah, right. Read your notes. Do all that stuff. Deploy if you Re- can. Record all allowed uh, naval OBA ocean hexes. Oh, you you knew that because yeah, from playing you're uh, playing in the Pacific a lot. Yeah. Make all allowed non do your own UDT die rolls. We don't know what that means. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> UDT. That one's got me. This is a great show. I love this show. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know. Should we look it up? No. Nah. We want to end soon. We know you people want to go to bed soon. So determine wind force and direction. And There's f- guys driving along going, wait a minute, I know what that is. Don't you guys know what that is? Quiz show. And if we were doing this this podcast live... People would be in our chat room just saying, I, I can tell you what oh, that yeah, is. Oh, yeah, real quickly. UDT yeah. means. UDT means. Under. Universal daylight time. <laughs> unter die boat. Unter uh, un, die. No, unter, under that tank. <laughs> Get under that <laughs> tank. Well, it's from section G. It's Pacific, so it's probably those tank gunner heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Get under that tank. <laughs> Blow up that mine on your back. Determine the fog level and density, the dust density, if it's applicable. Usually that's given in a scenario. As determined by line of sight range, reveal hidden fortifications. Okay, so then the other guy sets up, and if you can see his fortifications in, the, in line of sight, you reveal them because you set up all your fortifications hidden. Now that's helpful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have a line of sight to them, then they stay hidden, and then you place your concealments if you're allowed to. Right. And after all that, set up your sniper counters. Oh, I never knew. The oh. defender first. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I the always have, like, first. set up my guys first, and I go, where do I put my sniper? Yeah. I don't know yet, because he's not on board. Right. And then I wait and do it later. But I never quite realized that officially you're supposed to do it later. Of course, obviously, you're supposed to do it later. Yeah, it would make sense. Conduct all allowed bombardments. A bombardment is a pregame bombardment by OBA. Yeah. Special rules for that. They're very good. Occasionally used, but it's good. It hits certain hexes, and you roll for them. Yeah. And um, 
people were going to take more If I recall, checks. we had some of that in, in Tarawa. There was a yeah, was bombardment, probably. which makes sense. I think that's what they did. The, our Air Force came in and pounded the island, pounded sand. Uh, scenario attacker determines creeping barrage timing, if applicable. Wow. Which is when your barrage moves forward, so many mm-hmm. hexes, hex rows, uh, a turn ahead of the infantry that run behind it. And again, that's very rare, but I've done, well, I've, I've probably done like four or five scenarios with that in my day. And then uh, pre-game turns, if as required, which are very rare. And then you begin the initial player turn the rally phase. And I think wow. we're going to stop there, right, Jeff? Yeah, I'd say we're going to stop there. We're going to leave. That's going to leave everybody in suspenders. <laughs> For what do you suspense. do in the rally phase? Yeah. Oh, but, we'll, uh, talk about, we'll have to talk about that next time. Yeah. Because we agreed we were going to make this a one-hour show. I think we're only like 20 minutes over. <laughs> okay. We'll How call it happen? a show. Call it a show. We're going to call it a show. So uh, we'll pick that up again next time, everybody. Thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, thank you to the monkey for for contributing uh, as only monkeys can. And thanks to Dave for, for loaning us your house. Your kids were great. A pleasure to have you here. What's wrong with that monkey? Thank you, Cheetah. All right. So we'll see you all next time uh, in episode 18. Actually, the next time we talk to you will be right after the ASL Open. Oh, we'll have an ASL Open show we're going to air, Yeah, right? we're going to have an ASL Open show and then somehow. We don't n- know what's going to happen. 19 might be an interview with hopefully, I don't know, we're thinking about three or four people. At once? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Anybody that plays squad leader? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Will. Well, that'll be refreshing. All right. That'll be great. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember, roll, roll low and, and may, may the, the dice, dice be with you. you. But not when you're playing us. Bye-bye, everybody.